Good morning. Today is Tuesday, August 31st, 2021. This week's parsha, the parsha of Nitzavim, is always read on the Shabbos before Rosh Hashanah, as it is this year. And there is near the end of this parsha a passage that is so beautiful and so lyric. In fact, there is a very beautiful song that puts these words to music. And the truth is, I wanted to be able to find it to play it for you. It's an Avraham Fried song. If you have the opportunity to listen to it, it's really amazing. But I wasn't able to locate it uh, this morning when I was looking for it to, to be able to play it for you. But the words are as follows. Ki ha-mitzvah hazos. The Torah says that this mitzvah, Asher anochi mitzavcha hayom, that God says, I'm commanding you today. Lo nifleis himimcha. It's not hidden from you. Velo rechokahi. And it's not far away from you. Lo bashamayimhi. It is not so distant and far away as heaven. Lamor, that you would be able to say, who is going to go up to heaven and to bring it to us in order for us to hear what the mitzvah is and to do it? It's not so far away in heaven. And it's not on the other side of the ocean. Lamor, that you would then be able to say, Mi lanu hayom lanu. Who is going to travel to the other side of the world in order to bring it to us? So that we would be able to listen to it and to do it? No. Kikarov elecha hadavar ma'od. Because this is very, very close to you. Beficha, it's in your mouth. And it's in your heart already. It's there, la soso, to be able to do it. Just a beautiful, lyric, poetic expression. But what mitzvah is the passage referring to? Rashi says it refers to the entire Torah. All of the mitzvahs, when it says, ki mitzvah hazos, this mitzvah means this corpus of mitzvah, the entire set of mitzvahs, the Torah. The Torah is not hidden from us. It is accessible. Open any book and you have it written there and you have it in English and French and whatever less language you need it in. And you can Listen to a class and listen to a shear. It's not hidden. It's accessible. You can learn about it in order to do it. Lo rechoka, it's not far away from you. It's not something that you have to go some great distance in order to put yourself in a situation to be able to, to, be able to fulfill a mitzvah. Every step of life has a mitzvah. At every moment, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, there is a mitzvah available. Lo he it's not esoteric in heaven, something that is mysterious, something that's hard to comprehend, like the heavens and the spiritual realm. No, it's practical stuff. 
It's things that are natural from human experience. It's not some foreign country. It's not something that is unnatural, that feels strange to us. The things, many of the things that God is commanding us are things that we would do on our own. Kikarov elecha hadavar ma'od because these mitzvos of God, they're so close. They're so available. The actions, the words, b'ficha, in the words, u'bilvavcha, and our thoughts, all the time we can do these mitzvos. And, in addition to asserting it, this is an ongoing imperative to us. We have to always work to make it accessible, to bring Torah closer. We have to look for new ways with things like translations, as I mentioned before, and to utilize new technologies like we're doing right now with Zoom and other kinds of social media. And we have to find the helpful explanations so that it is clear so that it is meaningful, so that it is relevant, so that we do see the value and the beauty of performing God's mitzvot. That's an ongoing imperative, not only to accept it as so, but to make it even more so. Yes, it's true. It requires discipline. It requires effort. It requires sacrifice sometimes to observe God's commandments. But a life of mitzvos, a life of observing God's will, it's here. It's ready for us. It's a part of our lives. That's Rashi. The Ramban understands it completely differently. The Ramban says, Ki ha-mitzvah azos, notice the reading of the words, it refers to a single mitzvah. Okay, Rashi interprets that word mitzvah as all the mitzvahs, but the Ramban understands it more literally, a single mitzvah. So, according to the Ramban, which mitzvah is it referring to? According to the Ramban, it's referring to the mitzvah in the verse before, because the verse before has a mitzvah, and so that is the immediate antecedent, and that's what it refers to. The mitzvah before, the verse before, reads as follows. Ki sishma Hashem Lishmor mitzvah You should listen to the voice of God and to observe all of His commands, all of His commandments. Haksuva basefra Torah All the commandments that are written in this Torah, Moshe is telling the Jewish people, you shall return to Hashem your God. You should do teshuva. You should repent to return to Hashem your God with your full heart and with your full spirit, with your full soul. So in this Pasuk, we have the mitzvah teshuva, repentance, which of course connects thematically to why this Parsha is always read the Shabbos before Rosh Hashanah, to remind us that we need to repent, 
We need to fix our ways. We need to come closer to Hashem. And then the Pasuk continues and says, this mitzvah of repentance, of teshuva, of coming back closer to God, lo nifleisim imcha, it's not, it's not uh, hidden from you, it's not far away, ki it's close to you, it's easy, it's fine, it's there, it's accessible. According to the Ramban, that this refers to the mitzvah of teshuva, it's a little bit hard to understand. Because in order for teshuva to be meaningful, in order for repentance to be sincere and to be accepted by God, that is a drastic process. In order to change the direction of our lives, in order to make a change in our, in a, a significant change in our behavior, in our lifestyle, it requires, number one, stopping the actions that we've been doing that are incorrect. And, and that's pretty hard to begin with. And then it requires, as part of that, compensation. If we've harmed another individual, of course, we have to ask for forgiveness and we have to be sincere. And that is very, very difficult. That can be very uncomfortable. And depending on what it was that we did wrong, we may have to compensate in some way for what we did wrong. And of course, remember, we cannot be forgiven by God for any of our sins until we have first been forgiven by our fellow for the sins that we have done to them. And then it requires harata. We have to regret what we did. We have to recognize what we did wrong was wrong, and we have to feel bad about it. And, and this may be the most difficult, we have to commit to the best of our ability that we will not do the sin again. That requires tremendous strength of character. Ideally, according to Rambam Maimonides, it requires that we actually find ourselves in the same situation where last time we did a mistake, but this time faced with the same temptation and the same problem we choose correctly. Well, that's not easy. How is that karov? How is that close by? How is that not hidden from us? How is that accessible to us at every moment? It seems to me it's quite rachuk. It's quite far away. It seems to me it's almost like it is in heaven. It's almost like it is across the ocean. So I've shared with some of you before a psychological insight of Rabbi Yochanan's Zweig that goes like this. When a person does a sin. And then a person repeats it and it becomes habitual. Gradually, we look at ourselves as the composite of our past actions. If I am a person who, on a regular basis, let's just say as an example, a person who does not eat kosher food, so I come to view myself, that's who I am. That's what I am. 
That is my normal. If it's something that I did once that is completely out of character, it's a little bit easier for me to separate myself. I'm not that person. Yes, for one reason or another, I momentarily gave in to a temptation, but it's abhorrent to me. I've never done it before. I would never think of doing it again. That's a little bit easier to separate myself from that. But when it's habitual, that's who I am. I learn to accept myself as I am. It becomes part of who, who, who I am. Just think about it in terms of a diet. If a person is on a path where on a regular basis, they're eating in a healthy manner, they're going in a healthy manner. Okay, that's who I am. I'm a healthy person. I'm living. It, it comes naturally to choose healthy. I don't know if anyone else here has had the experience, but a person who says, you know what? I'm going on a diet. Today, only salad. <laughs> if for the last month and the last year and the last 10 years, I've been having four hamburgers for lunch every day, and one day I say I'm going to have salad. <laughs> okay, fine. Yes, it's good one day to have salad. Of course. <laughs> with a dressing on the side, you understand, salad also. But it doesn't make me into a person who's a healthy person because one time I chose a salad. A person who gets up one day and says, ah, I'm going to the gym. I'm No, don't go to the gym. Not now, but I'm going to exercise. Okay, fine. I'm going to exercise. I'm going to exercise. I'm going to work out. I'm going to be healthy. Okay, fine. If it's part of your life, thank God. It's, it's, a, it's a mitzvah. It's important. But to expect that one time and that's going to change your life. And now, okay, I'm now in shape. I took a walk today. I'm in shape. I'm good. I, I don't need anything more. It doesn't work like that because we are the composite of our actions. What this verse is teaching us is here's what it requires to do teshuva. Here's what it requires to change the direction of our lives in ways where we are habituated in doing something wrong. It requires a single insight. I'm not connected to yesterday. I'm not looking at everything up till now as part of me. Even though it's natural for me to look at what I am habituated to do as natural as me, I'm going to have one insight. No, no. Everything up until now was up until now. Today is not just a one-time aberration. Today is the start of a new natural. What I'm going to do, in other words, is not just to do a correct action now. I am going to internalize that this correct action now is my new normal. The composite starts now. Now, the Pusik does not say easy. Remember, of all the words that were used in that passage, easy was not one of them. But it is available. It is close. It is possible. 
It's not in heaven. It's not mysterious. It's not something that's hard to figure out what I need to do. It's quite simple. It's accessible. It's right here. It just requires a new attitude. Not easy, but it's just one step. If I decide that I'm now the composite of today on, and that's different, then everything flows from that. Then I don't look at myself as the composite based on yesterday. I look at myself as the composite starting today. And then it is karov. Then it's b'ficha. Then it's in my mouth. I just have to say it. It's bilvavcha. It's in my heart. It's in my soul. I just have to will it. And that is totally within my control. I want to share with you an amazing story. Just incredible. Rabbi Abdallah Somech was a leading rabbi of Iraqi Jewry in the 19th century. And this is a story about him. Once a man approached him and the man was in tears. He said, Rabbi, I've been doing so many sins. I've been making so many mistakes. And I feel so bad. What can I do? What can I do to get out of this terrible situation I'm in of the terrible things that I've been doing. So the rabbi asked him for the details. What, what exactly are you talking about? What's been going on? What's been happening? So the man told him in detail what he had been doing. And the man said, you know, here's the story. Here are the details. And there's just, there's no hope. Here's what I've done wrong. Here's what I've done wrong. And I don't know what to do now. So the rabbi looked at him and he said, and? And the man didn't understand what he meant. The man said, that's the story. You, you asked me for the details of what I did wrong. These are the details of what I did wrong. That's, that's the end of the story. That's the end of the question that you asked me. The rabbi said, and? And the man just didn't understand what he was talking about. And then the rabbi explained to him, you didn't end the story. You know when the story ends? The story ends when you decide to end it. You can talk about the sins that you did. You can talk about the mistakes that you made and how hopeless you feel and how bad you feel. But there's always an and. And you can talk about how to rectify it. You can talk about how to change it. When the story appears to you to be over and hopeless, it is always possible to add a new ending. The secret is just the word and. Because the word and 
opens a new vista. It tells you that the story continues and you can change whatever it was that happened up until this moment. So often we feel stuck, especially at this time of year, if we're being honest with ourselves and we're trying to look at ourselves and we want to be good, we want to be better. And it's in every area of life. Certainly it's in our observance of mitzvahs, but it's in our relationships, it's in our work, it's in our personal development, it's in how we relate to our children. And we feel we can't change. The story has ended. It's done. Yes, it's true. We cannot change the events that happened in the past. Yes, that's true. But we can always write new chapters. We can always change the past from being the composite of who we are, of how we and others see ourselves, and to make it simply one chapter of a larger story. That is always possible. And at the time that we feel distress and hopelessness over what has happened and come before, just the simple word and makes it possible not to get stuck there, but to always continue our story. With and, our verse makes sense because teshuva, repentance, a new chapter, it's not niflace, it's not hidden, it's not far, it's not mysterious. It is close. It is as close and accessible as the word and. My friends, I want to wish you a great day. And I look forward to seeing all of you soon in person.